1: You're listening to AI in action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is David Golan. David is the co-founder and CTO at Viz AI. David, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me, it's great to be here.
1: And we're delighted to have you. So David, let's start with yourself, please. Could you give us a bit of background and an overview of your journey in technology from where you got started, some of the roles you've held along the way, and take us up to today, where you came up with the idea for Viz AI.
2: Definitely, so I've been in the AI space for almost 20 years now, starting um, Israel Defense Forces, did some AI-related work there. After I was discharged, I joined a small startup called Beehive Networks in 2006. We were using AI to optimize data center activities. Nowadays, it seems pretty trivial, but was uh, pretty innovative back then. Beehive was acquired by VMware, so I spent some time at VMware, at which point I left to pursue an academic career. Spent, uh, I guess, eight to 10 years doing my uh, master's and PhD in statistics and machine learning, and then moved to Stanford for postdoc in machine learning. At Stanford, I had the opportunity to work with amazing researchers and also the fortunate to meet my co-founder, Dr. Chris Mancy. and together we founded Viz, and I've been running the R&D side of Viz
1: since. Thank you for the background. Uh, I appreciate you walking us through it. So... You've touched on it. Your journey started in AI back in your time in Israeli Defense Forces, and you've worked in it since. Here you are now as the co-founder and CTO at Viz AI. Tell us all about Viz, who you are as a business, what the mission of the business is, and then talk to us about your role as the co-founder and CTO. So the mission of
2: Viz is to increase access to life-saving treatments. And basically the problem, one of the biggest problems in healthcare is that We have solutions for a lot of problems, a lot of diseases and conditions, but we're not always connecting the right doctor who can apply the solution to the patient in need of that solution. So this is really what VIZ is about. Our initial focus was on stroke. So just to give you some background, stroke is a very big deal. Number three or number four killer in the Western world. Number one, as it comes to healthcare, extremely dangerous, extremely time-critical condition. There are treatments, but the prognosis of the patient deteriorates very rapidly, in fact, more rapidly than any other condition in medicine. So we have the patients who who may be experiencing stroke, and we have the solution, we have the treatments. We just need to make the match between the patients and the doctors who can treat them as soon as possible. The sooner we do it, every one minute of earlier treatment translates to 2 million saved neurons, 4.2 days of disability saved and over a thousand dollars of saved expense to the healthcare system. So very, very time critical. So basically what this does is make things happen much faster and much smoother. With technology and AI, if, if any of the audience ever had the misfortune to be in a hospital, you know, it's a very, very linear and very serial process. You go to the ER, you get some blood drawn, then they take you to the CT room, they do a scan, then you go back to the ER, they're waiting for the read from the radiology, then radiologist returns the read to the ER, they call neurology or another specialty, they consult with them. It's a very long process. And again, remember we're here, especially with stroke, racing against time, every minute goes by, patient is doing worse. So what VisAI does is connect the hospitals to the cloud, stream all the data, all the imaging data to the cloud, and immediately identify the pathology of the patient. So for example, we're identifying that patient X has a stroke. We would then send an alert to the entire care team that is relevant for that patient. That may include physicians in the hospital, but may also include physicians who are not in the hospital right now. They all get an alert on their mobile app. They can view the scans and the patient details in the mobile app, communicate as a team and reach a decision about the treatment of that patient much faster and act on it. So for example, we're, take, we're taking this long and serial process, making it highly parallel, highly efficient. Everybody gets the information within a few minutes. They all hop on the chat, make a decision, say, hey, team, let's meet in the OR in 15 minutes and just shave off anything between 30 and 90 minutes of the time to treatment of the average stroke patient.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's fascinating work. You launched Viz.ai back in 2016. So you're coming up on six years now as a business. Can you walk us through what the journey has been like from first concept when you and your co-founder came up with the idea, early stage prototypes to where you are now and just how impactful this technology is as it's deployed in hospitals?
2: I guess the first year or two, were really about ideation and figuring things out, a lot, of, a lot of research, a lot of ghosting physicians in hospitals, really understanding what are the pains, what are their needs, understanding the healthcare system. And Chris, my co-founder, is a neurosurgeon by background, so he had some relevant background, but really understanding the stroke workflow, the pains, the people involved, until we crystallized the idea of... What needs to be done? What is the pain point? We then built a prototype. And a lot of the process happened in parallel, right? But in parallel, we're collecting data, we're developing AI infrastructure, and so on. But once we sort of crystallized the idea for the product, we essentially built a first version and went with it to FDA, to the Food and Drug Administration. Because it's a medical device, you need to get regulatory approval before you can market and sell in the I guess the first phase of the company is pre-FDA, once you get an FDA approval, which is a long story in itself, our approval was very cutting edge, very new technology. FDA was very excited about it. Obviously we were very excited, but then it's sort of the second phase of the company where you can actually start selling. And then starting to grow as a company, we set up a sales force. You start installing, you start having customers have opinions and they have requests and they have issues. So you need to sort of start maintaining a product and, and improving it and so on. And then at some point, we started developing more products, right? So if our core product was stroke detection, triage, and care coordination, now we're supporting multiple conditions. We're also doing brain bleeds, pulmonary embolisms, aortic dissections, cerebral aneurysms, a whole bunch of stuff where basically something bad happens to someone, they get to the hospital, they need immediate care, And this is making the connection between that patient and the doctor who can treat them, essentially
1: using AI. David, talk to us now about the AI and data team behind this technology. Obviously, you've built a a, a team over the past six years now, a combination of people with data science, engineering. What does it look like today? And what is it like to be part of the data team working on these projects?
2: The the way we structured our AI team is a mix of, AI engineers or developers or researchers or how you might call them, coupled with data people, more data-centric people, and what we call clinical AI specialists. So we have people who who are more experts in deep learning, more experts in data practices, and people who are more experts in really understanding the clinical side. And they all work very closely together because what we've learned of the hard way is that You really have to dive deeply into biology, physiology, and anatomy of the problems to be able to develop the right algorithms. So it's a very tight loop between these teams. That they work together. Eventually, over the years, we've developed infrastructure, annotation platform that feeds into the training, uh, validation, uh, parallel computing useful for validation and so on to solve more infrastructure now. And now that we've grown as a company we are sort of dividing them into smaller teams that are sort of product centric. So this team would work on neurovascular product, this team would work on, and so on. So now as we've grown and have multiple product verticals, we've started to do like more, I guess, squad based structures.
0: You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com
1: David, I'd love to know, have you walk us through a recent customer journey that you've brought on, whether it's a hospital or health organization, and maybe some examples of just how impactful the technology has been and what the feedback has been from your customers who are using it. Is there any stories that, that spring to mind that you could share with us just to show how amazing the work is?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think before before sharing a specific story, Again, being a statistician, sort of a numbers guy, the bottom line is that we actually have research. We have quite a lot of research from hospitals who adopted the technology and they're comparing their pre-vis performance and their post-vis performance. And basically what we're seeing is saving time, anything between 30 and 90 minutes. Patients are doing better. They're discharged two and a half days earlier on average. They're discharged with 40% less disability the hospitals are treating more patients and just the overall impact is extremely positive. But if we're looking on specifics, and these are some, some really exciting and touching moments because you have to understand that one of the biggest problems in healthcare is the disparity. You can go to one hospital and get a very good level of care and go to another hospital and get a relatively poor level of care. And no one should suffer because they live in a place where the hospital is not as good. So the really touching stories come when we install at a health a healthcare system that manages a network of hospitals. We call it a hub and spoke model. You typically have, let's say, one big hospital at, a, at an academic, very big city or something, but and that hospital provides an umbrella sort of coverage for anything between five and fifty smaller hospitals. The fourth is what used to happen is that if a patient was lucky, they get to the right hospital, they get good treatment. If they go to the wrong hospital, they, they fall between the cracks. Once the healthcare system installed this, a patient would walk into a hospital, get into a hospital, get into the scanner. They perform the scan and immediately the phone goes off, not only for the ED physician at that hospital, but also for the entire stroke care team at the major hospital and the major, th- th- that team. Is already up and running two minutes after the scan was done, and they would call the ED doctor and tell them, "You guys have a stroke patient. We're coming over." And the physician, the stroke specialist, would already be driving to the hospital so they can help with treating that patient. And there's some I can share a link to an actual one, one, one example where a police officer had a stroke. A relatively young person was admitted to a hospital where otherwise they wouldn't get like the proper treatment. But because the alert went off on the phone of the, the stroke specialist, they're able to call, say, hey, guys, you have a stroke patient. I'm on my way. They didn't even realize the scan was done. They didn't know the scan was completed. The patient was only on the way back to the ED. 20 minutes later, the stroke specialist storms through the door. They take the patient to, to the NGS suite, which is an operating room, and they save the patient. And this happens all the time now, all across the U.S.
1: Amazing. I want to talk now about the growth that's ahead the next few years, the future of Viz.ai and what you're particularly excited about. Now that you guys are seeing such incredible success across the hospital systems who are using the platform, when you look ahead for the next chapter of growth, what do you see as being the the next few milestones? What are you particularly excited about and what growth are you expecting over the next few years?
2: I mean, at this point, Viz.ai is serving... Approximately 1,000 hospitals across the U.S. We're seeing a patient every 30 or 31 seconds on average. We're serving mostly neurovascular specialties. So we have stroke and brain bleeds and so on. So if we're projecting into the future, first of all, we want to expand to more hospitals. We want to expand to more markets. We've started selling in Europe, but of course. Anywhere with the healthcare disparities, we want to be and make sure that patients get the best treatment. So that's, you know, Latin America and Asia and, of course, Australia, Canada and many other countries that can benefit from the technology. We're also working hard on expanding to other verticals. So I mentioned pulmonary embolism and orc dissection as two you know, acute care scenarios that we now have an offering for and are working to get that into the market and improving it and perfecting it for the needs of those teams. So these are sort of the two obvious axes of growth, but there's also two two axes of growth that are less trivial and very exciting, maybe even more exciting for me personally. One of them is what we call incidental findings, is understanding that we're seeing now 10, 20% of imaging and in the future probably even more of imaging that is done There's huge opportunities to identify hidden conditions that might risk the patient's lives at a later date. One great example is brain aneurysms. 2 to 3% of us walk around with an aneurysm. It's essentially a small balloon-like extension of a a blood vessel in the brain. Most aneurysms are harmless, but some of them explode. They rupture, leading to a very deadly brain bleed called a subarachnoid hemorrhage. It has very bad outcomes. 40% of patients die within 24 hours. So any patient that gets a head scan, we can detect the aneurysm and we can give them an opportunity, give their doctor an opportunity to manage the aneurysm. Sometimes it's lifestyle management, sometimes it's preventative surgery, but you can manage. If you know about it, you can manage. You cannot treat what you don't know. So this is one direction that is very exciting for us because so if it's taking the impact uh, to the next level, the other domain that is also very exciting is supporting clinical trials. So this is, this might sound a bit strange initially, but basically what we're doing is if there's a clinical trial in a new drug or new device, they typically go out to a clinical trial. It takes a few years. They're recruiting patients that fit certain criteria for the trial. We develop AI that identifies patients that fall within the trial's criteria. This allows the PIs, the principal investigators of the study, to collect many more patients to the trial. So more patients have the opportunity to benefit from this new therapy. The trial recruits faster, up to three, even more than 3x three, three uh, the rate of, of enrollment. And at the end of the day, this means that a new drug, for example, can be approved in two years instead of six years so it hits the market four years earlier and so many patients can benefit from it so again this is another sort of axis of growth for us we're working with a number of companies we have a few products already out there again seeing enrollment rates really dramatically improving so i guess this is what we're doing expanding globally new acute care products incidental findings and clinical trials are the biggest thing on viz's docket for next
1: Few years. Amazing. And with that expansion, there will be opportunity for people to join the AI and data team. Can you talk to us about where you see the hiring needs continue to grow? And when you, as the head of all things technology, when you're speaking to candidates about the opportunity at Viz, Viz, what is it that you tell them to get them excited about potentially working at Viz AI over some of the other great options available?
2: Viz has a very unique mission, and people working at Viz, especially on, on on the technical side, on the R&D side, see a very direct connection between their day-to-day work and impact, very literal impact on patients' lives. Sometimes it's as crude as, I remember a few cases, an engineer who shaved 30 seconds off the time to alert by accelerating, doing some great software engineering. I told them, listen. Here's a counter of the number of alerts that we're giving out. We know the impact that 30 seconds means one, euro, one million neurons in two days of disability. You should really feel good about yourself. So this direct connection is something that is very unique. We also have, we have a, a great, kind, welcoming and supporting culture. At the company, it's a great place to work. we we'll, we've been constantly scored in, in top 10 uh, startups to work at and so on. There's a lot of career opportunities. We're growing very aggressively. If someone's interested, viz.ai slash careers lists all of them. Anything from software engineering, mobile, to data, AI, but also a lot of opportunities on the clinical side, on sales and marketing, the companies growing in all directions and different geographies. So if anyone is interested in exploring, definitely, definitely reach out, apply through the website and we would be very happy to chat with you.
1: Well, David, thank you very much for coming on today and talking to us. The work you and the team are doing at Viz.ai AI is incredible. It really is. It's life changing, and it's something that we would all benefit from if Viz.ai AI was implemented in every single hospital across the world. So we wish you, the team, and everyone at Viz.ai AI the best of luck in, in achieving that mission, as it will it will help some it will help someone very close to us in the future, no doubt. Thank you so much, David.
2: Thank you.